Uh, you, I, did you see the picture I posted of my uh, messages area with the? Uh, I've overflowed the messages app. With uh, all yeah, I think I did see that. Uh, the one that you said doing my best for teachy impression. Yes. Oh my god! Do you know I didn't even notice what it was. So you're talking about the thing you highlighted. Is that the scrolling thing for all the different apps? Yeah, yeah. It overflows the the borders of the area. Oh my god! Which I know Federico's done too. <laughs> it's going to be a mess for a while. Yeah, um, well, I I don't think that I'm unique in the sense that I mean, yes, I have a ton of betas on here. The thing mm. is, is that um, when you look at if stickers if sticker packs become popular, I think a lot of people are going to overflow that, and I'm a little surprised that they haven't um, found a way to scale that. Um, it, it really should. I mean, it's a nice indicator, but there should there should be like a limit to it, you know? Yeah. So that at some point it just doesn't get bigger and you just still swipe back and forth. Yeah, I mean, because they've made it as easy as humanly possible to make a sticker pack. You pretty much just drag the images in, right? Um, yeah, that's the easiest So there's going to be loads. I mean, this is the ad- <clears throat> this is the ad blocker thing all over again. Like, because those are really easy to make as well. Um, yeah. Stickers are even easier than that. Um, right. There, there is going to be, I mean, you've got, obviously, as you say, loads of beaters, but there's going to be thousands of these in the store. There are a couple ways to do sticker packs. You can do it as an actual app, or you can do it, as you said, where you just basically, you have to use Xcode, but all you're really doing is dragging in um, dragging images, PNGs, or anim. Uh, there's a bunch of different formats that supports it. Store supports normal PNGs um, and animated PNGs, and there might be one or two others. But yeah, so there's a couple ways of doing it. But um, the reason to do an app, I guess, is if you want to have things like you can build an app purchase into it and that sort of thing. You know, like have here are your 20 stickers, and if you use this in app purchase, you'll get these bonus stickers, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's that's gonna be fun. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I don't know. It's um, I've been I've been torturing uh, people with them. It's really they're really I'll tell you they're really awful on the Mac because um, the Mac doesn't support them at all. So what you get because these are pretty high resolution images, you just get a giant image. Um, so say like I had a picture of you and I put a little top hat and bow tie on you, sticker, sure. uh, as as you do, it would um, on the Mac it would just show. The photograph of you, and then below that a top hat, and then below that a bow tie. As, does somebody need to phone Apple and remind them about the Mac? Yeah, and remind them that that's the thing that they work on. It's actually even worse in the sense that if say say I posted that picture of you, and then you and I had a conversation, and then I went back and put the stickers because you can go back up in the conversation and put the stickers on. If I then go back up and put the stickers on at that point, then you've got photograph of Rob. Conversation, conversation, conversation. Random top hat, random bow tie. You know, I. That sounds terrible. Um, and they're and they're big. I should send you a screenshot because I was showing Federico the other day how just how awful it looks. Right. So when I've got iOS ten, I'm gonna have to just block your number on my message. Is that? <laughs> well, I try. I've been trying not to. I know. I kind of know who of my friends are on iOS ten and not. So I, I on purpose haven't done that to you. Um, but it. It is pretty bad. I mean, I've I sent a couple to Mike Hurley, and and he's he's split. He's on on uh, ten on his iPad, and so that's cool. But if he looks at it on his phone, it looks it looks miserable. Here, I'll send you. Uh, where's that's okay? You know, I, I'm a, a Skype newbie here, or at least I'm acting like I am. So I'll send <laughs> you this uh, send you this screenshot. 
It's, it's just not your fault. We've only done 28 episodes. Yeah, I know. Well, I know how to hit, hit record. That's about it. Did it cut? Did you get it? Uh, it says you're typing, so it's probably coming through. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> oh, now we've made noise. That's fine. Let's have a look at this picture then. I don't. I don't know where it's gone. <laughs> so you're as bad this, as this is. Skype this is this is top. This is top notch. Uh, podcasting yeah yep that looks completely terrible yeah uh, so that's that's there there was a picture there of i don't i don't even remember i think it was me and federico and uh he put some donald trump hair on me and i put some, an afro on him as you yeah, do right so, so basically all you've got here is federico it looks like he's just sent you the trump hair and then it looks like he sent you or you sent him an afro i mean that's Right, just like, uh, kind of random floating in space, right? Yeah, I can't believe these aren't better supported on, on the Mac. It's it's pretty bad. That's effectively how it would look on iOS nine too. Yeah. Oh well. I'm sure it will I'm sure it'll all iron itself out or it won't. Um and the Mac will just never be supported properly with it. Right. So anyway, um I was gonna say to you, you were right. Uh, about How Stranger so? Things, that's really good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's really, it's fantastic. I've, I haven't been that into a TV show in a long time. Yeah, we were, we kind of watched the first episode and we we're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Let's see what's going. And then, you know, by the end, we were just like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, it kind of sneaks up on you a little bit like that. It's true. The first episode is really good, but it's good, but it's, it, it's towards the end of it that it really starts grabbing you. And then, when I watched the second one, then I was just hooked, and I, I watched. I think I watched in like over two or three days yeah it sounds like pretty much what we did yeah like three episodes a night type thing it's a short one they you know they just announced um they're doing a season two yeah i did see that so that's out and then there's um you and i both were listening to the soundtrack there's there's two volumes of soundtrack volume one and volume two they're both on apple music i know i don't know i think they're exclusive to apple music uh i I think in terms of streaming but i can i bought them from itunes Oh, okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. I thought they were good to work to because they're just, you know, they're that um, synthesizer, that kind of moody synthesizer music. Yeah, definitely. I've been st- I've been listening to a lot more soundtracks recently because um, I got a code with uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider for that soundtrack. Um, oh, okay. And I, I think I got the Uncharted 4 soundtrack as well. So I've been kind of just listening to, you know, game and TV show soundtracks for a while. Um, I got it. Yeah, I got these, these are really nice. I got a good one for you. Um, the game, the iOS game called A Good Snowman is Hard to Find. I think you can find the soundtrack in Bandcamp, I believe. There's a link to it in the um, in the the uh, the review I did on Mac Stories, and it's really it's really nice soundtrack. Cool. I'll, um... I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think. There's at least a couple of soundtracks that I've really liked in some of the iOS games I've been trying, and that that's definitely like one of the best. Yeah, I'll, um, I'm on. maybe I'll add that to my list. Yeah, you can stream it from Bandcamp, or you can buy it for like a suggested five dollars or something like that. I think I'd probably just buy it because it's easier. <laughs> yeah, it is easier, and then it just does. Then you don't have to go to have a special app or go to a website. Because yeah, who definitely. wants to really go to a website these days, right? Am I right? What's, what's a website? Is that like an <laughs> app? What is it? <laughs> Some people work on those things for a living. I hear. <laughs> anyway so um last week's uh or last episode's title uh all john all the time was kind of a joke um <laughs> yeah and then then you were on well you were everywhere this week you were, well, you were I popped on, uh, up Mac a couple Vo- places 
yeah, you you were on Mac Voices, uh, talking about uh, streaming services. Yeah. Um, and then then Jeremy roped you into Emoji Chat for a little bit the other day. So yeah, Ch- Chuck Joyner just invited me to talk about streaming services al- along with uh, Peter Cohen, and we it was fun. I mean, I was getting over a cold, so um, it's uh, it, was, it was hard to get through. But and I had never done video, and I am not a fan of doing video podcasts. I got to say, it was a little disconcerting. It's hard to know where to look. I mean, you want to look at the little squares floating in front of your face, uh, but then you look like you're looking down the whole time. So. You know, I tried to look here and there and then at the top of the screen, and I don't know. It was That was a little disconcerting, but it was fun, and we had a good time. Um, and then I guess it was, I don't know, maybe Thursday, I think, last week. I was just sitting in Starbucks getting waiting for the train and doing some, um, some writing, and uh, Jeremy just sent me an invite to work on uh, or to, to talk about emoji on talk, the talk show, which I'd never done before, um, the talk show app. And so I said yes, and it was a good way to, it was just a good way to procrastinate, not do my work. Um, I did it while I was sitting there. I got on the train. I did it some more on the train. I did it as I was walking through the station and annoying all the people around me. Uh, and then by the time I got to work, we were finished. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. I kind of saw it pop up and I opened it up and, you know, was following along. And of course, what the worst part about it is you can't interact with it on the website. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm sat in front of my computer with it up on my screen, and I've still got to get the app out if I want to, you know, comment or add questions and stuff like that, which was kind of frustrating. Yeah, that's a little unfortunate. We didn't have too many questions, but then, but um, Jeremy did add Casey Liss and Stephen Hackett, and we, you know, between the four of us, chatted about emoji. And fortunately, I had written about emoji a couple of times recently, so I had a few things to say. Um, I'm not like a, an expert on emoji or anything like Jeremy is, but uh, I know a, a few things. <laughs> So um, you got a blue tick, John. You are you are verified John Voorhees. I know it's 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 the real me. It's the real deal. Um, yeah, I did. I was a little surprised. I just um, set up a recurring reminder and to do to reapply every thirty days after rejection. Um, and I took kind of the. I, I'd actually listened to a few people talk about how what they had done in terms of what they had written in their reasons why you should be um, verified. You know, I, I think they talked about it on Reconcilable Differences, Merlin and John Syracuse, and then on ATP, and then on Analog. And um, Casey Liss's approach seemed to be a good one to me. So I took that, which was basically, uh, when I first applied and was rejected, Mac Stories hadn't been verified yet, and neither had Relay. FM. So I just took the approach of, Hey, I've published stuff on both these verified sites and I use my personal account to, um, promote this stuff. Um, so I think it should be verified too. That's really about all it was. Um, and that seemed to work. Yeah. I mean, if I, I mean, I got rejected again, um, you know, last week or something, but, uh, I'll probably give it another go. And I, well, do you know, I'm friends with, I do a podcast with John Voorhees. He's verified. Um, that's probably, probably what i'm gonna go for and see if that works yeah we should maybe get the podcast verified i think they would probably do that i don't know um it's the whole thing's kind of silly but it does have some utility so i mean i guess i'm happy that i did it um but it it's the whole thing's weird i feel i I do have the distinction of being almost the 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 person the, the person with the fewest followers who's verified i think um that's starting to change i think they're what they're doing it it i 
I thought I might have an outside chance, mainly because when I did my second application, I had noticed that they had started kind of dipping into the people in the single thousand digit number mm. followers type thing, you know, uh, because before that it was mostly um, people who had at least 10,000 plus that sort of thing. So it's definitely um, uh, there's there's hope for everybody since I was verified, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what we said, I guess, last episode or the episode before when we spoke about the system for getting verified, there's clearly still some weirdness there because uh, I think Stephen Hackett got rejected again this week. Yeah. Um, you know, despite the fact that, you know, he's essentially, you know, in, in terms of what he uses Twitter for, it's kind of the same as Mike. You know, he runs Relay, does podcasts. Right. He also has his own website where he writes. Like, it seems like... Um, you know, that would be an easy pick for somebody to get verified. But, you know, it, I guess it probably depends who's getting, like, which person has to deal with the verification. But, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. still some weirdness. But as you say, it seems like they're opening it up a little bit more now. Yeah, the, the, the main difference I've seen is just there was, um, at least initially, there was a kind of a flood in, a flood in of new followers because um, I guess there are people who check and see who's verified and who's not and then... Or maybe look at the verified account that follows everybody who's verified and then follow those people. I don't know. Um, but other than that, not much to it. No, definitely not. So what should we talk about next, Rob? Maybe Instagram, Instapaper? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I almost said Instagram, um, but Instapaper got bought by Pinterest, which struck me. I, I totally didn't see that coming. It was really out of left field. I mean, what did you think about it? Yeah, I kind of surprised. I mean, because this was still owned by Betaworks at this point. Yep. Yeah, so it was still owned by them. Who you know, if you don't know, had been they bought it off of Marco Arment a few years ago. Um, you know, they were still doing a lot of updates for the app and the website and making improvements. Seemed like everything was going great, but of course, we don't know. You know, if anybody was paying for it, uh, kind of month to month, because. Um, once they took it over, they added search as a free feature, um, and then you kind of get full text search as a paid feature. Um, right. And I wonder maybe if they just weren't getting enough uh, people paying for it, or you know maybe Pinterest just offered them a lot of money, which is a perfectly good reason to sell. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think Betaworks did a great job with the app because they did a lot of things that I remember hearing Marco talk about were very hard to do, which is understandable. I mean, they they added a, um, a highlighting feature. And when you think about it, to get that highlighting to work is really difficult and stick to the same text because, you know, people can pick different font sizes and different fonts and might turn it landscape or portrait. So it's really hard to get that stuff to stick. And you can do notes and comment, you know, comments to different passages and highlighting. Became a pretty good research tool on top of just a read it later service. Um, and not that long ago, maybe six months ago, maybe a little longer, they came out with an API, um, which is a part, basically a text parser. And uh, and the text parser, I don't. It sounded as though it maybe didn't have as many, all that many customers, but um, it uh, it was pretty cool. And I was just actually looking not that long ago at possibly using it to build an app. Um, and it, uh, and two days later, literally, they sold the app to Pinterest along with the parser, and they shut down the the API. Um, I think at the end of the, maybe it was the end of August, maybe it's the end of September that they're shutting it down. 
Um, which if it strikes me that probably that's what Pinterest is interested in because they have, it's not well known, but they have their own, um, read it later service. They have a way of saving, uh, articles as pins. Right. And, you know, and, and I think that that parser, which was originally developed by Marco and then extended by Betaworks is, is, is pretty darn good. I mean, it's been tested over many years now and, my guess is that that's what Pinterest wanted more than anything, because that's why you know, and and also why they shut down the parser uh, API, which that, that's to me was the clue is that they shut that down. Um, so we'll see if that's the case. Plus the uh, the people who worked there uh, at BetaWorks who worked on Instapaper went to Pinterest, um, which all all of which just kind of says to me they were looking at you know the engineering talent and the and the technology and the parser. Which does make me a little concerned that maybe Insta Insta um, paper isn't going to last long term, but hopefully it will. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see it stay around because I still use it. It's um, you know, I've, I've used it probably for the last five or six years, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I really just don't want it to disappear. But you know, looking at everything, so they've you know been bought out by a big you know web company. They've shut down the API. I, I think maybe twelve months, and then they're gonna, you know, just the, the Instapaper will disappear as it is, um, and they'll say, "Oh, come and migrate over to Pinterest and do it there." I think I really think that's what we're gonna end up with. Yeah, I, it doesn't bother me too much. I mean, people people get freaked out about this kind of stuff, and um, first of all. The people, you know, Betaworks doesn't really owe anybody anything. <laughs> you know, it's, everybody bought like a five dollar app or whatever, and mm. and if they want to sell it, it's their app. They can sell it. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge them that at all. Um, and there are alternatives. There are plenty of alternatives, and they're good alternatives. I think Pocket. A lot of people use Pocket. I've never used it. I know Federico uses it. Um, and if Instapaper goes away, I'll just check that out. Probably. Yeah, I, I've tried it a couple of times. Um... I kind of ended up sticking with Instapaper, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of services, as you say. There's Pocket, there's, I think Read It Later is probably still a thing. The actual service called Read It Later. Is that um, the, from is that from Readability? Uh, possibly, yeah. Because um, <laughs> I just read that Readability is shutting down. Oh, okay. Well, that one's not around then. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't suggest that one. I'm pretty, I don't know if that app is still around, but I know that the, um, they're shutting down the API very soon. All right, well let's let's go with Pocket then, Azara. That's the alternative for now. Yeah, they may have they may have open sourced the API, but the um, the company is going uh, going out of business. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it does bum me out a little bit because Instapaper is the one third party app that's been on my home screen since uh, you know day one, basically since the App Store opened. Uh, it's it's been kind of a constant for me, and I I don't use it as much as I used to, but I still like it. I mean, I keep folders in there for you know like development articles when I, that I want to read later, or I have a Mac stories one. So if there's anything I see that's interesting that I should read, I put in there and I have just kind of more general interest fold. You know, I usually have about three folders that I like to use and, um, and I go through it every now and then. Well, I mean, I think they do have an export tool still. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you can use that if you need to move away or something and turn it into something searchable. But, uh, but yeah, well, I guess we should probably move on. Um, you want to talk about the the App Store a little bit? We got a, kind of some interesting news this week in terms of, you know, they're gonna 
Apple's going to clean out the all the old apps, not really all the old apps, but all the broken apps, which is to me is fantastic news. Yeah, and this is this is one of the biggest reasons I I just avoid the app store. Sort of like unless I see somebody actually recommend an app, um, you know, searching through the app store is just a complete nightmare. Um, you know, there's so many apps that don't support the iPhone six screen size, or I've even seen a couple that didn't support the iPhone five for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, crashing on launch, or that you know they just don't work anymore. Um, I mean, even if they, as they say, they're just going to remove any apps that that crash on launch. I mean, that's going to take out a significant chunk of the apps, I think, in the store. Yeah, I, I think it will. I mean, it, what's interesting if you read the the post in on the developer site, it's in, it's pretty blunt and pretty direct. I think that they really mean business with this. Given that there are two million apps in the app store, it's going to take Apple a long time to go through them. My guess is that you know one of the reasons I think we have short review times now is there's a lot more automation going on than in the past. And my my guess is that first things first, they'll send all the apps through whatever automated systems they have to find out if there are you know crashers on launch and that sort of thing. And those will be the first to get pulled off the store. And then there may be you know a deeper review for things that that are not easily detectable um you know on an automated basis yeah definitely i really like the line at the end of uh one of the paragraphs where it says you know we've got a lot of developers that work really hard and they don't want to be surrounded by amateur hour i mean that's just such a great line to stick in there yeah and and, you know i say this as someone who's got an app that's going to probably get pulled in this (laughs) which is (laughs) My Volcano app for the Bionic podcast way back when. Um, sure. I've left it on the store, but it, I never, uh, I have not upgraded it for the iPhone 6 screen sizes. Yeah, and I think it's reasonable that that gets taken off at some point because, you know, the iPhone 5 is not, or that, that kind of size phone is not really a current phone anymore. And, you know, I think it's reasonable for them to expect an app to support the newer screen sizes. Yep, and it's you know, look. It's gonna it's going to force me to actually decide whether I want to keep it on the store or not. I mean, the the reason I haven't done it is because it's got a lot of UI elements, um, and it's just gonna it, it takes more time to change the UI for that app than it does to deal with the underlying code, which is super super simple, um, and it's a free app, so it's not really. Um, there's not a lot of incentive there, uh, so I probably should just take it off the store myself. Maybe I will. And I'm sure there's not many people relying on it in their day-to-day work. No, it's not. It's not probably bothering too many people. But but I do. I have gotten a couple of comments like from people saying, "When are you going to update this for the screen sizes?" And I, I get it, but it's also it's not really. It's just a free app, so sorry. Yeah, it's like an in joke from four years ago. Uh. Right, exactly. That I, I, amazing. There's still you know a couple of people a, a day who download it. Um, I'm not sure what they think they're getting. Um, I'm not sure how many new listeners to Bionic there are at this point. I should ask Mike or some, or, or Matt at some point, but uh, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So, um, did you did you watch this trailer for uh, Recore, which is a, a new game coming out? I did. I really liked it. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I hadn't heard about it until about a week ago, um, and the the Xbox UK uh, Twitter account. Uh, were kind of they changed their name to Recore for the day, and they you know they were posting loads of different stuff. Um, you know they're obviously pushing this quite hard because it's a a Microsoft Studios game. Yeah, it looks like a pretty big game. I mean, I saw a lot of a lot of uh, links to 
the trailer over the past week, and I'm, I'm pretty sure not all of them were from you. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of people interested, but I think in the general, um, from what I've seen elsewhere, um, you know, kind of on forums and things like that, mostly like Reddit, PS4, uh, sorry, the Xbox subreddit and things like that, people just aren't that excited about it, which is really strange to me because I watched this trailer and I was like, oh my God, I've got to get this game. What do you know about it? I mean, I watched the trailer and, and it's basically like a female lead character that is um, on a what looks like kind of a... I don't know, a desolate planet with um, some robot sidekicks, right? Yeah, so they, the premise of this, I don't think this was in the launch trailer, but there was another trailer they did. Um, and the premise is basically she is there. I think her name's Jewel. Um, and she is on this planet. She's been frozen for 200 years. Um, and the robots were supposed to have terraformed the planet, so it was livable. Um, and, of course, in true sci-fi fashion, they did not. Um, they've, you know, they've become evil and they're just destroying everything. Um, so you play this, this dual character and you have, um, you've got like a little robot dog. Um, and you've got, there's a couple of other little robots that you can use. Um, and, and the, the main part of it is the, the core, like the, the spherical kind of, uh, glowing thing in each robot. Um, right. and you can, and the, and the, the core is there their personality i guess and you can kind of move it into different styles of robot during the game no okay um, and you know there's a lot of like uh, you know it's got shooting it's got platforming it's it says it's got kind of dungeon like uh i guess like a tomb raider kind of thing you know you go into the dungeons and solve the little puzzle and, and then carry on right um so yeah I, i'm really excited about this game yeah, no, it looks good. I mean, there have not been that many games that are exclusive to Xbox that have really gotten me excited. Um, and this one is one that, you know, if, if Xbox came out with maybe another game or two that that was like this, I would probably get myself an Xbox One, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think uh, there was a new new trailer just came out. Uh, not not trailer, but it's uh, kind of ten or fifteen minutes of gameplay from from one of these game conferences that's going on right now. Um, oh, okay. So we'll pop a link in the show notes, and uh, I might have a little watch of that after we finish recording. Yeah, probably not pa- watch all of it because I don't want to spoil anything. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a PAX going on, I think. Right, PAX West, maybe. That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, I saw that pop up on Twitter. Um, I'm not a uh, I'm not an expert on that stuff, but yeah. Um, the other one on Xbox that I'm looking forward to is Cuphead's, which is like a 1930s Looney Tunes style um, style cartoon, you know, platformer type game, which looks really good. And I hope that it, I don't know, I hope that it comes to other other platforms at some point. I, I would think that it would. It's not like made by Microsoft or anything. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that a couple of times before, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one as well. So uh, so yeah, quite quite a few games. I mean, I've still got a pretty big backlog to get through. Yeah, I'm still I'm playing it. playing Rise of the Tomb Raider at the moment. Um, probably got maybe five or six hours left of that. Did and you? Then, get, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Did you get No Man's Sky? Uh, I did not. Okay. Because um, if you if you remember when we spoke about it, I didn't even really know what it was until we until you sent yeah. me the video. I was Sorry. wondering what you thought about the backlash. There's been a lot of backlash, but I guess if you haven't played the game or seen the game, really, it's not really a fair question. No, um, I mean, I've been paying attention to kind of the, the press and the backlash and, and stuff like that. And um, 
Shahid, um, host of Remaster, uh, he that they had a little uh, review episode, and that was kind of interesting to listen to. Um, and he kind of tweeted the other day about people getting refunds after playing fifty hours, um, and and he got you know a lot of negative negativity and. Because it's Twitter, a lot of abuse as well, which was awful. Um, but I think I kind of agree with him. I mean, if you've played for 50 hours for a £40 game, I, I feel like you've had your money's worth, even if it was terrible. Um, right. Assuming well, we're not talking about crashes all the time. But if you've played for 50 hours, there's no way that game's that bad. Right, right. I mean, it, there's a difference between whether it's broken. And I know on the PC there were serious bug issues. That's one thing. But... If, you know, like if you go to, a, and I think this point was even made on that episode of Remaster, which was if you go to a movie and you're like, oh, this isn't, this really wasn't something I like, you don't get your money back because you didn't like the movie. No, you don't get exactly. a, you don't get a refund because it's not to your taste. So, and I think that that's unfortunately what's happening. People are just taking advantage of, of the situation. Yeah, definitely. And I think this was something that I tweeted about vaguely related, but uh, there was an article about pre-ordering games. Um I, I there's there's literally no need to pre-order a game at this point. Um, not in 2016, you just don't need to pre-order a game. Um, you know, places don't run out of stock and things like that. It's well, what they do is they entice you by giving you like you know special DLC and skins and all sorts of stuff like that. Believe me, I know. I have uh, I have a 12 year old who who likes it <laughs> likes to pre-order games because of all the special weapons he can get. Oh yeah, I, I I understand how they're getting people to pre-order, um, yeah. but for me, like even Recore, like it looks amazing in the trailers. I'm really excited about it. I'm not going to pre-order it. I'm going to wait until release day, or whenever the embargo is for the the, the reviews, right? Because um, they've definitely sent out review copies. Um, you know, I'll read a couple of reviews. Probably, you know, watch like an IGN review on YouTube. And then if I really want it, I can either, you know, go to the shop and just pick it up because it will be around, um, yep. you know, or I can just order it on Amazon. Yeah. Are there, um, is there a release date for it yet? Uh, yeah, I think it's in like two weeks. I think it's maybe on the 16th it comes out. Did this just come out of nowhere? I mean, because I usually you hear about games a lot further in advance than this. It, it definitely feels like this just came out of nowhere. Um, yeah. I mean, I know like, I don't I, follow... like I say, the the Microsoft account or the Xbox UK account. This was maybe a week or two ago. Were really heavily promoting it, but until that point, I'd kind of, I think maybe I'd seen mention of it, but nothing, nothing too interesting. Hmm. So yeah, that is interesting. Well, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I'm with you. I I don't see any reason to pre-order stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not in such a big hurry that I have to play it at midnight the day that it's launched. No, what I mean, especially if you're in a Prime Now area. Um, you know, I could have this delivered within an hour anyway. Sure, video games are one of the the the, the main uses for Prime, Prime Prime now. I mean, that's one of the things that they have because they're they're small, they're easy to store in whatever local local uh, warehouse, and um, you know they're close by. So that's 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 one of the best things to do for that. Yeah, definitely. So, so we got a we got a big week coming up this week for on the uh, on the Apple front. Um, I just thought we'd. I mean, we're not going to go into a bunch of stuff about this, but I was just curious what what you're looking forward to this week. Yeah, so for me, I mean, there's there's two real things I'm I'm properly waiting for that I will buy um, is the Max 
and a possible 4K Apple TV. Um, I've not seen any rumors about this, really. Um, I think it's fair to assume we're going to get a 4K Apple TV at some point, but you know whether that's going to be this week or you know in an October event or something like that, who knows? But those are the two things, and I don't think either of those are coming on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I bet we're not going to see any, a 4K Apple TV for quite a while. Um, I I'm not sure why. Maybe it's a cost thing um, because it it'll eat into the margins. But it almost feels like maybe though maybe Apple will wait until they have something bigger to announce on the service side as well. You know, like um, some sort of of um, skinny package or whatever people call them these days, you know, where you can you can pay ten or twenty dollars a month and get a certain number of channels and, and ditch your cable. And by the way, all these channels are going to be in four K. You know what I mean? Something like For that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, sorry to disappoint you, but I don't. I just don't see that coming <laughs> coming for a while. Oh no! Uh, I mean, I I'm I'm well aware that this is very unlikely. Um, but I'm waiting till Wednesday, and if if there is no 4K Apple TV, which there probably won't be, I'm going to be getting an Amazon Fire TV box. Um, yeah. For the, but I think really the problem, as you say, like are Apple going to do it? Are they not? There just isn't that much 4K content. I mean, we were talking about this right. just before we recorded, um, and you know, Netflix, all of their original shows or most of them are for in 4K, um, and. Amazon Prime have, you know, all of their TV shows are, and they've got some, like, mastered in 4K versions of films, like Ghostbusters and Men in Black. Um, But there's just not that much content available for it, and I don't think an Apple TV that supports 4K is a really good sell for Amazon, uh, for Apple, because it's pretty much just Netflix content. Um, You know, movies aren't really... Um, if I'm understanding everything Joe and Dan have spoken about, like most movies aren't really in 4K, um, you're not getting a lot of benefit out of a lot of this, right? Which makes me wonder about those movies on on Amazon because I I suspect it's a little bit like the transition from DVD to Blu-ray in the in that uh, you know when that happened, a lot of uh, movies were remastered for Blu-ray, but all they're really doing is just copying the DVD resolution over to blu-ray so it's on a blu-ray disc but there's no extra resolution there yeah i think what i'll probably do to test this out and we can maybe talk about it on next episode is i'll watch uh i think they've got men in black 2 on there and the third one um i'll maybe watch one of those probably men in black 2 so it's a little bit older and i'm kind of curious um i'll have a watch of that in 4k and and report back because um again they they don't do any of the special effects in 4k um i think right you know, even newer movies, they mostly, as far as I'm understanding, I'm sure Joe will email me if I'm wrong. Um, they mostly do it in like 2K, and then it kind of mm-hmm. get, you know gets downscaled to to 1080p or whatever. So, yeah, I'll try it out. But um, but yeah, I think the lack of content available for 4K is probably the reason that Apple aren't going to do it anytime soon. Yeah, the other thing I'd be interested in knowing is what the penetration in people's homes is for of 4K. Like, you know, what percentage of the population has a 4K TV? Because I, I don't know. I, I suspect it's fairly low still. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really taken till this year for the TVs to kind of be at an affordable level. Um, right. You know, because I remember I was looking at TVs kind of last year, and 4K TVs were still up in the kind of you know thousand pound range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eight hundred to a thousand pound, and the one I've just bought 
although it's a kind of cheaper brand anyway, was, you know, three, four hundred pounds. Um, but, you know, they're still pretty, they're, they're cheaper, but they're still expensive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Probably not that many people have even got um, TVs that could use a 4K Apple TV. It takes a while for people to turn over their TVs, too. I mean, I I think the TV we had in our living room was up there for about probably 10 years. And then I got a new um nicer led tv and you know i've only had it up there for I don't, maybe it's been three or four years um at most but it's works perfectly well so i don't i don't see myself going to 4k for quite a while i suppose gaming could change that before anything else but um i don't think that we're going to have though i'm not even sure we're going to have the horsepower in the next generation to really have 4k i know that there's talk of 4k support but at least on isn't it microsoft they're only going to have 4k support for um, content and you know, like movies and things, and not games, or at least in that interim box that they're preparing. Uh, I, t- to be honest, I don't know. Um, yeah. cause, just because if I look at it, I want it. So I've kind of been avoiding it a little bit. Because, oh, yeah. um, no, but yeah, smart. I think as you say, gaming is probably the one that's going to push it forward, um, if anything. Um, but I still think right. that's going to take three or four years before before it's a reasonable kind of selling point for a lot of people. That's a lot of keys to push. All the case, all the great case. <laughs> you know, you're just like Matt Alexander now. You have a 4K TV. I do. You're like you're like the two people in the world that I know with the 4K TV, <laughs> who are willing to admit it publicly. Yeah. So um, so yeah, we talked about that. But so Max and Apple TV. Um, yeah. I, I yeah, know Max. you said you were waiting for one for for Owen because uh, he's holding off on his his Mac. Yeah, he's had. I guess he's got a he's got an air, a thirteen inch air that he's had for about four years, um, and so he just went off to college and could use a Retina MacBook Pro, something with a little more horsepower. But he's waiting until the new ones come out, and you know, the, at least the rumors are that it's not none of those are going to come out next this coming week. So I don't know what to think about it. I mean, I don't care that much about the the MacBooks just because I don't need one, but I understand that a lot of people really do. I was holding out forever for a new MacBook and I finally just caved and bought um, one last summer when they did a a very small speed bump, I think at one point uh, early last summer. And I got that because I just, I'd been working on a a 2009 MacBook uh, before that and really, really needed a computer. So um, I'm going to stick with mine for a while yet. So, um, the, the iPhone, are you, you going to be upgraded? I mean, you have Bluetooth headphones already. Uh, we've spoken about this before. I assume you're going to be upgrading. I think so. I'm, I'm getting things prepared because one of the problems I've always had is that I had a corporate account for my phone. And as a result, I had to go through like purchasing group at my, at my work in order to get a new phone. And they're not, um, they're not willing to get up at midnight and order me a phone when, when they go on sale <laughs> online. Um, and so what I think I will do, what I've done is I actually looked and, you know, AT&T, the, the, uh, the phone carriers are terrible because they don't tell you what the, you know, they change the plans from time to time. They don't really, if, if you can save money, they don't really highlight that for you. So I went in and was looking at all the options and they make it complicated, but I was looking at my, basically right now I've got my family on a family plan and I'm separate on a corporate plan. And I looked at the family plan and I actually found I could save a decent amount of money every year by switching their plan um, and get and also get more data that way too. So I did that. I set that up. So they've, they're, they're all set. 
Um, and then what I'm going to do is separate myself from the corporate account and put myself in the family plan, I think, and then do that. Um, I may do that program where you can, uh, just pay a monthly. It's like, it's like, um, financing or leasing your phone. You know, you just pay a sure. flat amount each month to Apple and you get Apple care plus your phone. And every 12 months you can upgrade it to the latest and greatest. So that's what I think I may do. Cause I, I did find out I, it's not going to cost me a lot to separate from the corporate account, even though I've only been, I've only had my six plus for a year. I thought that was good. They were going to give me some kind of contract, you know, breakage penalty sure. or something. But, but I think I had a better deal um, being on a corporate account. So it wasn't, it's not a big deal. The big deal is that I have unlimited data on my corporate account ah. and I have, so I have to get rid of that. So it has to be really worth it. Um, and that makes me, but I can't, what I can't do is I can't tether either um, on the account I'm on. And, and that would be handy to have once in a mm. while. So I don't know. I think I'm going to do it. It's a long way of saying, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to go on to the family plan and get myself, Probably a seven plus. Um, I really like what I'm seeing in terms of the rumors with the dual camera and that sort of thing. Uh, Cause I do use the camera a lot uh, and I do love the big screen. I mean, I've, I've been a big convert to the plus club. I really enjoyed the six plus. Yeah. So I was kind of looking into it this week, trying to decide on what I'm going to do because I have the headphone problem. Um, yep. Because I really don't want to use an adapter. So if I get a new phone, I'm going to have to get Bluetooth headphones. And then I just got exhausted and tired and went, oh, forget it. I'm just not going to upgrade. I'm just going to keep my phone for another year. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, and uh, I think I'm just going to see how it all shakes out with, you know, adapters and see who's releasing new Bluetooth headphones. Because I think obviously this will push the manufacturers to kind of up their game and with, with their Bluetooth headphones. Um, I'm not that bothered about a new phone really because I don't use my phone all that much, um, which we've mentioned before. So, so yeah, I kind of it's kind of a relief as well because I don't have to think about it. I haven't got to get up and pre-order. I don't have to do any of that stuff. Right. Now, I thought of you this week when um, when Nexus phones started exploding and your comment that you were going to go to Android, and I was I'm glad to see that you weren't among the exploding people. <laughs> That's yeah, a cheap so shot, I, was, I know. No, nah, it was the Samsung phones, by the way, not the Nexus. Yeah. But <laughs> oh, sorry. I was. What? It's you're right. It's Samsung Note Seven, right? That's right. Yeah. The one with the stylus. That's it. So, um, yeah. I mean, I kind of still stick to what I said. You know, I, I still kind of agree with what I said. Like, I feel like if if Apple were the only ones doing this, I probably would go Android. But um, you know, looking at the you know the state of the market with the new phones that are coming out a lot of the manufacturers are getting rid of the headphone jack yep. um so i think this is just a thing now like this is just how it is well i think this is going to give it a year to shake out and and see how it goes yeah i think this is going to accelerate the process probably um and mm. make other manufacturers more comfortable to do it maybe um if if that's what we actually see it doesn't bother me that much just because yes i've kind of made the plunge into Bluetooth headphones and there are compromises for sure. When you have Bluetooth, um, I think one of the problems that hopefully this gets worked out in the standard, but one of the hardest things with Bluetooth is it's just not that easy to switch devices. Like if I have my Bluetooth headphones paired with my phone, um, there, there's no, it, it won't, 
it won't, if I go then into my iPad or my computer or whatever and try to switch it, it normally won't just switch over if I, if I pick it out of a, out of a list, I have to actually, you know, uh, detach it from the phone first or turn off Bluetooth on the phone, which then now my watch isn't paired anymore and then do it on the, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's complicated and cumbersome process to switch between devices. Whereas with a three and a half millimeter jack, all you have to do is plug it in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's one of the other problems I've got is, you know, I use it on the way to work and then I get to work and I switch from my phone to my laptop and, you know, it's just too much hassle and I just can't be bothered at this point. So, right. so I'm not upgrading, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, do is anything else about this week that you're um, you're up for? I, I, it's going to be a busy one for me. I'm going to be uh, doing the event live with the rest of the Mac Stories crew, so that should be a lot of fun. This is my first really big um, Apple event. We did one in the spring, but uh, my, this is my first fall event with those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's, that sounds good. I'll just be following along doing that. Um, obviously, the, the Apple Events app has been updated on the Apple TV. Um, I think it was oh, the other it? day. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't see it in my recent updates, but the icon has changed um, huh. to the the little, you know, the however you say it, the little bubbly, like the invite. Yeah. Did you um, see that? So that has changed. Did you see that the Daily Mail picked up uh, uh, Federico's tweet? Yeah, this, that was hilarious. Um, oh, it was great. They didn't use his name, but the, he had taken, uh, he had just gone in and, and um, put a box around two of the, the little you know, out of focus, uh, circles and said that it was evidence that there was going to be a dual camera and the, the daily mail in the UK picked up on it and said that Apple watchers have, uh, said that this confirms there'll be a dual camera. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny because they've, they've, but basically what's happened there is they, they've completely missed out on this, like in joke of, you know, people are over analyzing the, the invite and they've just run a story. It's just, that was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. So, um, anything else? That, that no, I think that's. I, I think that's it. Covers it. You know, what we should do, Rob, is we should ask people if they enjoy the show to go rate it and maybe leave a review. Rating it is just fine. Maybe you know, give us some stars um, because it does make a difference and helps people find the show if it kind of floats to the surface. So that'd be cool if people could do that. Yeah, if you're if you're listening in Overcast, uh, recommend as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that'd be that's, good. That's always all helpful. Um, or you know, share the show on Twitter, Facebook, whatever your social network of choice is. That's always nice. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably about it. Um, you're going to have a busy week, and then we're going to be back in two weeks. Yep, we can talk about all that's occurred. So that'll be fun. Um, you can find me at John Voorhees on Twitter, and Rob is. Uh, I am at RM Lewis UK. All right, great. Speak to you later. Okay, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye.